Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You know success when you see it, or you think you do, the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. I'm a little bit unimpressed of the discipline and the training level of the Russian forces. As bad and as horrific as this is, we want to make sure that we do not see an escalation. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. My sense is that commodity prices will remain very high, elevated, certainly over the next few months, probably the first half of the year. Do Republicans want to give Democrats a victory on getting tough with China? On a political basis, the answer is no. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. An historic day in Washington as the president of Ukraine addresses Congress from a war zone and the Federal Reserve hikes interest rates for the first time in a couple of years. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics with two major stories to track and some of the smartest minds in politics to help us distill it all along the way. We'll talk with Congressman French Hill, Republican from Arkansas, Democratic Congressman Jake Auchincloss of Massachusetts will also be here. They both serve on the House Financial Services Committee. Rep. Auchincloss as well, a Marine Corps veteran of the war in Afghanistan, and we'll have much more with them in a moment. Our panel today, Bloomberg Politics contributor Jeannie Shanzano, along with John Sidalides, State Department advisor and partner with Trilogy Advisors. It has been quite a day here inside the bubble, starting this morning, before we ever got to the Fed, with President Volodymyr Zelensky's address to Congress. He appeared virtually in an auditorium on Capitol Hill. He was wearing a green shirt sat against a stark white wall, the Ukrainian flag, the only color otherwise in the frame. He was unshaven. He looked tired. And he started speaking through a translator. Most of his speech was through translation. Before he broke to play a video of devastation from the war, it was tough to watch, complete with before and after shots of well-known areas in Ukraine. Lawmakers were clearly moved before Zelensky then spoke to them in English. The American people are helping not just Ukraine, but Europe and the world to keep the planet alive, to keep justice in history. Zelensky thanked the American people. He thanked President Biden for the support. And as we expected, he asked for more, acknowledging the reluctance the U.S. has in setting up a no-fly zone over Ukraine. If this is too much to ask, we offer an alternative. You know what kind of defense systems we need, S-300 and other similar systems. You know how much depends on the battlefield, on the ability to use aircraft, powerful, strong uh, aviation to protect our 
people, our freedom, our land, aircraft that can help Ukraine. The MiGs, of course. The MiG-29s from Poland we've been talking about every day for two weeks. Still not going to get them. President Biden spoke later from the White House, pledging $800 million more in military support. That makes for a billion, he says, in the last week and on top of the almost $14 billion approved last week by Congress. Which brings us to the headline on the terminal. Biden ramps up military aid to Ukraine, including armed drones. This will include drones, which, which uh, demonstrates our commitment to sending our most cutting-edge systems to Ukraine for its defense. And we're not doing this alone. Our allies and partners have stepped up to provide significant shipments of security assistance and will continue to help facilitate these deliveries as well. Republican lawmakers, not happy, went directly to microphones following Zelensky's speech to try to push the administration for more. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Provide them the mix. Provide them the planes where they can create a no-fly zone. Provide them the armament that they need to continue to fight a a war that they did not create. We're joined by a Republican member of Congress right now who also serves on the Financial Services Committee and is one of the primary voices we hear here on Bloomberg when it comes to all things Fed. We're going to get to that, too, with Congressman French Hill, Republican from Arkansas. Congressman, thank you for being here. Do you as well want to see more stringent sanctions and more support for the military, including these fighter jets? Joe, it's really good to be with you. Uh, Yes, I had a briefing this afternoon with uh, the Treasury Deputy Secretary to talk about the next round of sanctions, how to tank it, uh, uh, focus and tighten those sanctions, the existing ones, as well as anticipate sanctions we may may well need against uh, China Mm. if they help uh, in some way circumvent uh, the central bank and banking sanctions that we have on Russia. And as to the weapon systems, I was pleased to see the uh, 100 tactical unmanned uh, drones that the president referenced. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. And in addition to uh, a significant amount of Stinger and Javelins uh, that uh, he announced, uh, Slovakia, I understand, has announced sending S-300s, which is an anti-aircraft missile system. And that was something that President Zelensky referenced today. Uh, is not a, per se an alternative to the MiG, but certainly something that would be an enormous help. And so that was announced by allies today. You know, a lot of people have been asking, Congressman, because we've had layer upon layer of sanctions. What else is there uh, directly to Russia? Is it about going after more oligarchs? Or is it about pumping more crude here in the U.S.? What would actually qualify as additional economic pressure that hasn't already been applied? Well, look, uh, there's no doubt. Uh, the president should have announced, and I think this has been a consistent message by Republicans and certainly a lot of Democrats, about ramping up any barrier to American production of oil and gas. It helps us by lowering prices, increasing our energy independence, and it helps our allies. Before the pandemic, we were producing just over 13 million barrels a day, and uh, more recently, we're just over 11 million, and that would go a long way to helping. But it's secondary sanctions, Joe. It's uh, looking at sanctioning banks who we see are helping someone in in a uh, secondary way, like a bank outside of Russia helping a local uh, bank there. Also broadening oligarchs, 
go to the family, go to their companies in Europe and the United States, go to the people who work in those companies. So mm-hmm. it's tightening down that news on the oligarchs. That's going to be the call tomorrow morning, though, by Republicans and I assume some Democrats as well, that secondary sanctions need to be codified in legislation. If you do business with Russia, you're with Russia. Exactly. We're going to do a markup tomorrow in the House Financial Services Committee. One of my bills is going to be marked up, which prohibits the IMF from issuing any SDRs to Belarus or Russia. That's another example of cutting off their sources of liquidity or collateral at the central bank. We're talking with Congressman French Hill, Republican from Arkansas, on another split-screen day. Two lead stories here, you could say, Congressman, with the Federal Reserve meeting. And I'd like to get your take on this, as we just heard a short time ago uh, in our special coverage here, today's decision and news conference with uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell, or I guess I should call him Chair pro temp. That's a whole other story that I'm going to ask you about as well. Uh, But of course, we got the quarter point hike. We also got the outlook on inflation. Inflation remains well above our longer run goal of 2%. Aggregate demand is strong and bottlenecks and supply constraints are limiting how quickly production can respond. These supply disruptions have been larger and longer lasting than anticipated, exacerbated by waves of the virus here and abroad and price pressures have spread to a broader range of goods and services. Do you have confidence in the chairman to tackle this problem? Congressman, do you see a Federal Reserve that's leaning into this as much as you would want to? Well, Joe, when Chair Pro Tem, Jay Powell, was before our committee last week, I urged him to read the 1979 lecture by his predecessor, Arthur Burns, called The Anguish of Central Banking. And it's precisely what Jay Powell faces now as the leader. Sustained un, uh, sustained uh, stagflation, high inflation, high inflation expectations, uh, commodity shock, all the burdens that Arthur Burns faced in uh, the 70s. And it's going to take extraordinary efforts. If I'd been a voting member of the FOMC, I would have joined Jim Bullard from St. Louis. And no kidding. Basis point increase. Yeah. And, and so... Look, it's not about confidence. This is something that Chairman Powell owns as the leader. Uh, they're going to have to find their way out of it. Uh, but we had to use shock therapy to break the back of inflation from the late 60s and 70s, and it was a very unpleasant situation. Huh. So to me, it's an open question. Can one apply shock therapy, reduce inflation expectations, and not incur a recession in the midst of a war in Europe? Well, what come on. you have for more complicated circumstances? So is that possible? I mean, can you stick the landing in a world like that, or are we asking too much of J-Pell? I think we're assuming too much. I really do. I think that's going to be challenging. I understand that that's the working assumption that the Fed wants to have, and I mm-hmm. wish them the best. But history has not uh, looked fondly on that in the past. But let's hope that works out. For example, Joe. What if all these inflationary expectations, including the wage pressures and all the spending and monetary accommodation, do slowly retreat and the supply chain uh, is maybe more than 40 percent of the problem, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, then perhaps you could have a soft landing. And we could we should all want that. You know, I'm not here to complain about it. I think but it requires that scenario that very challenging. understood. It requires that scenario, that best news scenario that you just described, right. though, that that's that's right. that's what we can hope for. The reality is we could see some pretty significant uh, economic slowing, if not a recession, by the time you, you defeat the beast of inflation here. Well, I, I agree that's a risk, and I think uh, these high gas prices produce that, produce that risk. Uh, every dollar increases, like a $100 billion tax on households. 
So we're facing uh, headwinds now, in addition to the labor headwinds that we've had. So everything right now is bearish on inflation, yeah. uh, and we are behind. That's why this article, The Anguish of Central Banking, deserves to be read, <laughs> because we are behind the curve. We should have started this process well over a year ago. I know you're in the other chamber, Congressman, but do you think the four remaining nominees will be confirmed tonight? By the banking committee, do, that is. I, I do hope that the banking committee uh, presses forward with the uh, uh, dropping of Mrs. Uh, Raskin's nomination. That seems to me to clear a bipartisan support for yeah. the remaining nominees. So let's see what happens. Congressman French Hill, Republican from Arkansas, with us on Ukraine, on the Fed. And another wild day here inside the Beltway. Congressman, thank you. Come back and see us soon. We will turn to the other side of the aisle next. His colleague on the Financial Services Committee, Congressman Jake Auchincloss of Massachusetts, also a Marine Corps veteran of the war in Afghanistan. With the anguish of central banking, I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The headline on the terminal, Zelensky pleads to Congress for aid. Biden vows to send drones. If you're just catching up with us here on the fastest hour in politics, I'm glad you joined us on an important day as we were just discussing with Congressman French Hill. He's not the only one criticizing this White House. In fact, things got a lot deeper, as we heard from Republican lawmakers following the Zelensky speech this morning to Congress, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. I've had conversations with the president long before this moment came. My advice to him was provide them the armament earlier to deter Putin from ever making these decisions. 
And the entire time, President Biden always said it would be the sanctions afterwards. And then when the sanctions came, he said it'd take months to work. Well, Ukrainian people cannot wait months. That was just a taste of what we heard. Calling for the MiGs, of course. I'll have more of this for you a little bit later on as we assemble the panel. But a lot of criticism coming from the Republican Party all of a sudden and what largely felt like a bipartisan affair until quite recently. We're joined right now by Congressman Jake Auchincloss. He's back with us from the beautiful city of Newton, Massachusetts. I believe Newtonville to be exact. And the congressman not only serves with French Hill on the Financial Services Committee, if you've heard him talk to us before, you also know that he's a combat Marine Corps veteran of the war in Afghanistan. It's great to have you back with us, Congressman Auchincloss. What's your response to Republicans who say, send the MiGs now, do more, send Zelensky whatever he wants? Thanks for having me back on. And first of all, I just want to reflect on the address from President Zelensky this morning, which is going to be one of the memories from my political career that I hold closest. It was a battle cry from the front lines of the free world, and President Zelensky reinforced the moral clarity and urgency of the moment, and he also made specific actionable requests of Congress, which we do need to follow through on in particular, Hmm. providing an air defense system that closes the skies and allows the Ukrainian ground forces to get into a fair fight with the Russian ground forces that they're going to win. the Republicans who are criticizing the Biden administration for, quote unquote, not doing enough, one, are steeped in hypocrisy. I didn't hear any of this tough talk when President Trump was blackmailing the Ukrainian president uh, in a dirt for arms deal that led to his impeachment. Uh, and second of all, they're offering criticisms without concomitant solutions. Uh, it is clear that we need to close the skies. We are providing the material and the money necessary to do that. Uh, But both parties agree that a no-fly zone, which is a declaration of war, would be an unnecessary and deeply destabilizing escalation. Yeah. Why have the fighter jets become such a cause celeb here in Washington, D.C.? We're talking about it every day. I believe it's 20-something jets. The Pentagon says it wouldn't actually make that much of a difference for the strength and resilience of the Ukrainian military. What's your take? The reason the jets have gotten such focus is because they've been the exception to the rule. The rule has been that NATO has been rock-solid unified, both in its presentation to the Russians about the consequences of their actions and also in how we support the Ukrainian cause. The jets have been the exception to that and and thereby have have garnered a lot of attention. It was an unfortunate miscommunication between the Polish and the United States governments. It's regrettable. And I do think it, it bears further investigation on how we can enhance our air defense systems. Anything that the Ukrainians can use to shoot down Russian air assault or surface uh, uh, surface forces, we should be providing them. Congressman, we heard from, uh, from other Republicans, including Senator uh, Jim Risch, who's uh, the ranking member of foreign relations. He was working on sanctions legislation at one point, uh, and he's had some pretty tough talk about this, but really directing fire at this whole idea of being cautious, as we hear from the Biden administration, to literally avoid World War III. Here's what he said. I'm sick and tired of hearing the administration talk about uh, being worried about what Putin's thinking and what he's going to do. I want to hear from the administration what they're doing to put in Putin's mind a fear and a thought of what are we going to do. We're the most powerful nation on the planet. 
we need to telegraph that uh, to Putin. Echoing remarks we heard from Senator Mitt Romney and we've heard from other lawmakers, Congressman, is there some truth to that? So, first of all, what the Biden administration has done is put in place sanctions that are unprecedented in how comprehensive they are, how coordinated they are, and the degree of severity that their cumulative effect will have. There has never been anything like this. And I want to particularly point to the central bank sanctions that have been put into place. Deputy Secretary Adeyomo uh, was with the Obama administration in 2014 as they as sort of the intellectual architecture for this was first laid out. And the central bank sanctions have been a sledgehammer on the Russian currency and economy that the Kremlin did not anticipate and, frankly, does not know how to respond to. So what we have in the White House right now is grown-ups, grown-ups who are coordinating a significant response, but who are also cautious of the escalatory potential with a nuclear-armed power. I just want our listeners to imagine right now, just conceive of what it would have been like if Donald Trump were in the White House right now. This guy wanted to pull us out of NATO. This guy wants Putin to think highly of him. This guy tried to blackmail the Ukrainian president. I mean, my goodness. Thank thank the Lord that we've got Joe Biden instead of Donald Trump. Well, I'll tell you, uh, many of the Republican lawmakers who support Donald Trump are the very ones calling, as to to your point earlier, uh, for more military support, for more, I presume, humanitarian support after uh, what was already passed last week. Congressman yeah, Dewey McCarthy is bouncing between Mar-a-Lago and Washington, D.C. I mean, who, I wonder what he's saying in Mar-a-Lago privately that he's not saying in Washington, D.C. publicly. Well, since you brought that up, we can listen to what he said uh, when, in fact, Donald Trump was going through impeachment. He was speaking on the House floor about providing money to Ukraine. Let's spin the clock back. This is Congressman Kevin McCarthy. 100% yes. OMB's response was that they disagreed with the GAO's opinion. Let me pull that back here for one second here. Let's listen to it again. 100% yes. OMB's response was that they disagreed with the GAO's opinion. OMB uses it apportionally authority to ensure taxpayer dollars are properly spent. These are taxpayer dollars going to another country that people believe there was corruption with the new administration. I think it was the rightful thing to do. A couple of years in the past, fast forward to today. Provide them the MiGs. Provide them the planes where they can create a no-fly zone. Provide them the armament that they need to continue to fight a, a war that they did not create. You ever talk to Kevin McCarthy or, or any of your Republican colleagues about that, Congressman? Well, I have deep engagement with a number of my Republican colleagues, including French Hill, who, who by the way, I think is terrific, is one of the, the strongest voices on the Financial Services Committee. But, but Kevin McCarthy, I mean, you, you heard him a couple of years ago, quote, the rightful thing to do. I mean, it's just part of a long track record of trying to cover up for Donald Trump's depredations and incompetence. Again, thankfully, we've got an administration now that takes seriously their leadership of the free world. And let me be very clear, we're going to make this a nightmare for Vladimir Putin, and Ukraine is going to win. Uh, And we're going to be there for the long haul to help Ukraine rebuild as a sovereign, secure, prosperous democracy. But that's not done with sound bites or headlines, and it's certainly not done in Mar-a-Lago. That is done with responsible statecraft that keeps the United States out of a potential uh, widening and and deeply severe war. You're a Marine Corps veteran. Uh, You've got Marine Corps brothers and sisters in arms on the border, uh, the eastern flank here in Europe. How worried are you about them being pulled into this confrontation, whether it be by accident 
or by Vladimir Putin's uh, intention. It might be difficult to tell in the heat of the moment. But, Congressman, we're staring across the border just by a couple of miles at each other. That's right. And we've got to dial the pressure up but turn the temperature down. And that's what this administration has done effectively. So dial the pressure up. What does that mean? That means air defense systems to Ukraine so they can close the skies and we can help them close the skies. That also means tightening the, the screws on the technical import sanctions, the financial sanctions uh, on Russia, and particularly working with China to prevent any lifeline forming between uh, Beijing and the Kremlin. But it also means deniable tactical cyber attacks from NATO into Ukraine. Russian command and control and logistics nodes are already struggling to uh, invade a massive country, Mm -hmm. and they're operating sometimes over the clear, which is an incredible liability. And targeted electronic warfare attacks can really frustrate not only their air assaults, but also their ground advance. Uh, But at the same time, we need to be dialing the temperature down. That means indicating to the Kremlin that although we view cyber attacks uh, in Ukraine against Russian forces as fair yeah. game. We are not going to be attacking Russian infrastructure in the in the homeland, and unless and until they attack any NATO countries first. And also clarifying through Article Four consultations in NATO mm-hmm. what we would consider to be an Article Five provocation. Is it because one Russian soldier misfires, or is it because it was a deliberate invasion right. of territorial integrity? It's time to answer those questions. Gotcha. Congressman Jake Auchincloss, Democrat from Massachusetts. It's great to have you back, sir. We appreciate your experience and insights today on Bloomberg Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington, as the congressman said. This is a day that people will remember in Washington. He was in the room for that address. And all the voices that we heard around it, you heard it all unfold live here on Bloomberg Radio. Now I'm almost 45 years old. Today my age stopped. When the heart of more than 100 children stop beating. I see no sense in life if it cannot stop the death. And this is my main mission as the leader of my people, great Ukrainians. Remember Pearl Harbor, terrible morning of December 7, 1941, when your sky was black from the planes attacking you. Just remember it. Remember September the 11th, a terrible day in 2001 when evil tried to turn your cities, independent territories, in battlefields, when innocent people were attacked. Our country experienced the same every day. The American people are answering President Zelensky's call for more help more weapons for Ukraine to defend itself, more tools to fight Russian aggression. And that's what we're doing. President Biden, you are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. For those of us that have been to Ukraine, to see that video and to see those places that we recognize and then to see the side-by-side of what they look like now versus what they look like just four weeks ago was stark. We need to be more creative and quickly 
in providing the Ukrainians what they need to protect themselves. This does mean anti-aircraft weapons. This does mean planes. This does mean drones. This does mean everything we can possibly do to protect a country that is under siege. I cannot remember the last time a foreign leader united a room full of members from both sides so quickly and so intensely. He spoke not just to American ears, but to America's very soul. The words and the emotions from this day in your nation's capital here on Bloomberg Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. I'm glad you came by today. We're going to assemble the panel next. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. We thank you and appreciate your being with us on Bloomberg Sound On. As we move to assemble the panel, we haven't heard the insights of our political minds yet and want to do so with Bloomberg Politics contributor Jeannie Shanzano, along today with John Sidalides joining us again on Bloomberg State Department advisor and partner with Trilogy Advisors. It's great to have you both with us here. Jeannie, I'm not sure where to start on a day like this, but we may as well pick up uh, with Ukraine where we left off and the moving speech from President Zelensky. The answer, essentially, the response that we got in another presidential address from Joe Biden and then some pretty heavy duty criticism from Republicans on Capitol Hill. Do you feel as a Democrat like the administration is doing enough? It's doing what it can right now. Is it what Jake Auchincloss called as the adult in the room? 
You know, I do. I, I think they have been very tough. And I, and I think, you know, when when the representative said they are the sanctions are well coordinated, severe, well organized. Um, you know, he talked about the central bank sanctions. I think he's absolutely right about that. They also have to be the adult in the room, as he said, and be cautious about escalation. But of course, to your point about the historic nature of what happened today and, and what the, the piece you just played where Chuck Schumer was quoted, I, I can't remember either hearing a foreign leader speak to members of Congress in a session like this where they joined together in such a bipartisan show of support. Sure, there was criticism about what to do about it at the end, but it, it was absolutely astonishing. And I think one of the gifts that Zelensky has, you know, all three of these addresses in the UK, in Canada, now in yeah. the US, they have been targeted to the audience. And he did that again today, everything from Pearl Harbor to 9-11. It was absolutely uh, moving. Yeah. John, we know it was moving. It was passionate. It was authentic. Everyone agrees on that. Is the answer that the administration giving the right one? Well, the president's job, and this is any president of the United States, is to defend the national interests of the United States of America, not of foreign countries. Where we're working with allies, especially in NATO, Joe, and also with our allies in Asia, we have shared interests, shared objectives, and shared sacrifices. But the problem for President Zelensky is that Ukraine is not a member of NATO, and we don't have the same obligation to defend Ukraine, especially given that it's up against a nuclear-powered commodity superpower in Russia. And so we have to be very prudent in how we move forward in giving Ukraine all the tools that it realistically, credibly uh, can utilize against Russia's military. And I think what we saw today, uh, especially to Jeannie's point, is a largely unified uh, Senate and House of Representatives, our Congress coming together in bipartisan fashion in defense of the principle of helping Ukraine defend itself against Russia, but then a very serious debate, again, about how we operate, not just tactically, yep. but strategically, and not just with immediate concerns for the well-being of the suffering Ukrainian people, mm -hmm. but also the long-term interests of the United States national security-wise, our allegiance to our NATO allies, and without ever taking our eye off the long-term threat of the Chinese Communist Party. I'm trying to understand the rhetoric here, though, John, when you've got, you know, obviously a concerted effort here, agree with the decisions or not by this administration, a decision, a concerted effort to back Ukraine. And, and we've done quite a bit already. And you might mm -hmm. think we've not done enough. But listen to Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana today get to this. President Biden has had some uh, some Bambi's baby brother moments here. Bambi's baby brother is is how he describes uh, Joe Biden. Senator Ted Cruz went so far as to suggest, well, actually, he says that, well, Joe Biden caused this war. There were two specific mistakes made by the White House that caused this war. Number one, the disastrous retreat and surrender in Afghanistan that emboldened America's enemies. And number two, tragically, the White House's decision to waive sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and to surrender to Putin, allowing him to complete that pipeline, which was the direct precipitating cause of this invasion. This is going to be the theme of the midterm elections here. I, I'm, I'm assuming add, add that to the inflation knock. Uh, John, is, is any of that true? 
I think it depends on the pace of the war. Uh, come September, October, and early November, Joe, uh, I don't know how long the war will last. Uh, if there are serious efforts by the Ukrainian and Russian sides to try to put together some negotiations that can lead to a credible ceasefire and an enduring one, and the war is not foremost on our minds come yeah. the fall, then I think we'll go back to the quote-unquote bread-and-butter issues of inflation, crime, illegal immigration, food and energy prices, and the like. If the war is continuing at that point, then it's definitely a very different political dynamic. But my preference, and this is just my own professional bias here, Joe, is that we not get into name-calling and a lot of (laughs) revisionism about how we got here. Uh, That's for the historians to debate in the years. It's too late for that, John. What's important is to look at the immediate crisis and what are the credible ways that we can provide anti-aircraft, anti-tank, anti-armor systems to Ukraine in a way that does not necessarily drag us into an escalation uh, situation with uh, with Russia that could possibly lead to tactical nuclear weapons exchanges. That is something we must avoid. We're going to get Jeannie's voice on this as well uh, when we're back with further analysis from the panel. I didn't think Bambi had a baby brother. Is that just me? It's the fastest hour in politics. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. As we reassemble the panel, thanks for spending some time with us on Bloomberg Sound On. As we join you live here from Washington, D.C., and new criticism for the Biden administration, as we were just discussing 
with Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributor, and John Sidalides with us as well today, State Department advisor and partner with Trilogy Advisors. Jeannie, we heard from all uh, styles of Republicans today. It was just one after the other to the microphone following the Zelensky speech. I already played you McCarthy, Cruz, Kennedy. You get a sense, Rish, of the type of criticism, even of the mild-mannered Ben Sass of Nebraska was there. If it shoots, we should ship it. More S-300s, more javelins, more drones, uh, more stingers, more everything. President Biden's going to be criticized by the other political party, of course. But in a time of war like this, is there a, pan, a potential for some backlash for all this criticism? Or is Joe Biden in serious political trouble here, Jeannie? It's feeling like an election year as we listen yeah. to all of those clips. Um, you know, this idea, and it's something that's been brought up repeatedly, that, you know, Joe Biden is the cause of the war, that Putin would never have gone in. He'd still be, you know, somewhere in the Kremlin hmm. doing whatever he's doing if it hadn't been for the, you know, the way we withdrew from Afghanistan, which I mm -hmm. was incredibly critical of, or, you know, Joe Biden's decisions on Nord Stream 2. Right. That just does not ring true with history. The reasons Putin goes in go all the way back to the end of the Cold War. If you're going to blame people, let's go back to Bill Clinton and the expansion of NATO. I mean, every single president, George Bush, Republican, Bill Clinton, Democrat, you could just keep going back through the list, has played a role in this. And of course, the person most responsible is Putin. But, you know, this is something that Republicans have long wanted to talk about because they felt that the withdrawal from Afghanistan was messy, and they're right about that. They mm. thought they could run on it. The Now that this is sort of front and center in people's thoughts in terms of foreign policy, they're going to try to make this claim. It probably isn't going to stick. And I think to John's earlier point, it's not something people are likely to vote on in yeah. November. They're likely to vote on inflation, gas prices and those things. I just wonder if this is about tone, Jeannie, rather than actions. I know the MiGs have been a thing, uh, but beyond the fighter jets, the president has sent largely everything that he's being asked to send. I realize Zelensky wants and needs more, and apparently we're going to be sending more. But is it about posture? Maybe that's a better way to ask. As we heard today on Bloomberg TV and radio uh, from William Cohen, uh, who is back with us, the former Secretary of Defense here, of course, from a Democratic administration, echoing what we heard from Jim Risch, the Republican senator, basically in saying, why are we so worried about what Vladimir Putin's going to think? Here he is talking with David Weston on Balance of Power. Frankly, I'm kind of tired of the Russia telling us what is provocative when they're slamming artillery shells into residential buildings and saying what we can use, what we can't use, and give to uh, the Ukrainians to defend themselves. But nonetheless, I, I think from a purely military point of view, I trust the judgment of our uh, DOD, Defense Department, to make the right call on that. Is he right on that one, Jeannie? Uh, this is about posture, about tone, and of course, coming off of the Trump administration, a lot of questions about whether this president is sending the right messaging. Uh, you know, I do think he has a point about the tone. I think that the administration has got to be careful about talking about, you know, a concern about Putin's view of escalation, because to everybody's point, if we send a pencil in there, he's going to say we escalated. But mm. it's not as much about that. It's really got to be about what he ended up saying, Cohen, and I agree with him completely. You've got to listen to the experts. It's got to be the people in the Pentagon who know how these decisions are made and how they should be made and what will work and what won't. You know, 
what's, what our allies, the S-300, the anti-aircraft missiles yeah. being sent in by Slovakia, that is going to be helpful, according to the Pentagon officials, much more helpful right. than the MiGs. And, you know, they also, we have to be clear, the administration tried to do this today. One billion dollars in one week is nothing to shrink about. That is a big deal, and the mm-hmm. president needs to talk about that. But he does have a point when it comes to the tone. Stop talking about what Putin thinks and start talking about what's effective to help the people on the ground in Ukraine who deserve our help. Is that the advice the, that you would provide, John? And I ask you that, knowing that that President Zelensky has higher, much, by the way, higher approval numbers than President Biden and, oh, by the way, Congress as well. Yes, but uh, President Zelensky is not going to be on any U.S. ballots in that's November. True. So I'm not sure that's going to be the most germane consideration going forward, Joe. Uh, I, I would say this, and I commend the president for being as prudent as possible in making sure that we don't uh, carelessly uh, go into some type of an escalation dominance game with Russia over Ukraine. And 800 Stinger anti-aircraft systems, 2,000 Javelins, 7,000 anti-armor systems. Mm-hmm. We are doing a tremendous job of beefing up the Ukrainian military. And I think that the, the Biden administration deserves credit for that. But I would say one thing to the president, and I wish he had done a better job at the State of the Union address, Joe. Uh, He spoke about everything that we're doing to try to help the Ukrainians, and he spoke about the importance of democracy and values and the like. But I don't think he really explained to the American people why this issue is so important for the United States and for the everyday American citizen to be concerned. And so this is where I'm afraid this is going to be a short-term issue for most Americans. I hate to say that there may actually be a media fatigue factor that Mm -hmm. kicks in Mm -hmm. in several more weeks if the war endures because— Americans have their own pain and suffering to contend with on a day-to-day basis, again, given inflation, given crime, given concerns about the economy, uh, given concerns about post-COVID lockdowns. So the president's done, I think, the right thing in being cautious about moving forward here. But I think if the administration is more proactive, and I'll add one more thing, don't telegraph everything that we're doing or not doing to the Russians. We don't have to say every day that no troops are going into Ukraine. That there's not. Isn't that more for the American people, though, Jeannie? When when we hear these promises from President Biden, he's he's trying to assure people in the electorate that their sons, daughters, fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters won't be sent to Ukraine to die. He is. And he's also keeping up with a promise he made when he ran for office and was elected about not getting us involved in endless wars. So it's something he is going to keep saying. Um, You know, it's very important that the president, you know, handles this in a way that he addresses the concerns of the people in Ukraine. And, you know, it is also really important that he keeps his eye on the ball in terms of what is going on at home as yeah. it pertains to, to John's point, the pain and the suffering that people right. are feeling here. Well, let me ask you guys about that. We had a Fed meeting today. I haven't brought it up with you yet. We discussed it earlier with Congressman French Hill, and we only have a couple of minutes left, Jeannie. Uh, this was the first rate hike. This is liftoff, as we call it. I'm hearing Tom Keene and John Farrow talk about the dot plot. Everyone's freaking out about this, even though we knew it was coming. Is it a good thing politically for this administration to see Jay Powell get his arms around inflation, even if it might mean some pain in the markets? 
It is. I mean, you know, it, it, none of us like to see it, this to see it go up, but it had to be done. And and you know, it is good for the administration. And I love the fact that Representative Hill brought up that piece about the anguish of central banking because I <laughs> yeah. do think there is there is a reason to read that today. And you know, the idea that the central bank can now address this in as compelling and full a way as as we would like to think is is something that is not been borne out. Does this actually matter to people at home in their living rooms, John? I mean, we're on Bloomberg here talking about interest rates. I realize that that is not necessarily what everyone's discussing over dinner tonight. Does it need to have a meaningful impact on inflation for anyone to care what the administration is doing to fight it? Absolutely. It's central to the Fed's mission. And uh, their job is to ensure that we have stable pricing in the United States economy. So they may not be in this particular decision, Joe. I agree with you. But I think if we're able to get inflation down from 7.9 percent where it is today, and it may be yeah. over 10 if you include food and energy, and get it down to the 2 percent goal over time, and it may take a year, a year and a half, people will be more easily. But right now, there's great stress in America about what inflation is doing yeah. to their shrinking checkbooks. And a year, a year and a half, Jeannie, is too long if you're a Democrat running for election. Yeah, you certainly don't have that time. You've got, you know, a couple weeks, a couple months at this point, and then yeah. everything is going to be about the midterm. Great conversation. You're not going to hear this. I know I say it a lot, but you're just not going to hear it anywhere else. Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributor. Thank you, as always. And John Sidlides, it's great to have you back, John. State Department advisor and partner with Trilogy Advisors after two fascinating conversations. Congressman French Hill, Congressman Jake Auchincloss, and, of course, the sounds of this day in Washington. March is Women's History Month. You know, we've been doing this every day this month. It's time to hear from Renita as we celebrate significant moments in women's history. Your installment now for March 16th. Here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. On this day in women's history in 2004, Shirley Muldowney is inducted into the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame. By her mid-teens, she had developed a near obsession for speed, competition, and winning. Muldowney started as a street racer and became a pioneer drag racing legend. In 1965, she was the first woman to receive a license to drive a top fuel dragster from the National Hot Rod Association. More firsts during her 40-year career included being the first woman to win a national NHRA event and the first of any gender to win three NHRA World Championships. Known as the First Lady of Drag Racing, Muldowney won a total of 18 NHRA titles, setting various track and speed records and dominating multiple events. That's Today in Women's History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. We thank you. And again, everyone for jumping in the panel and on the program today on the fastest hour in politics. Hey, grab your tuxes. If you're going to the radio TV correspondence dinner here in the bubble, make sure you say hello. We'll be over there from Bloomberg and meet you back here tomorrow for Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.